Welcome to After His Own Heart Podcast, an initiative to nurture young Christians to be after God's own heart. All messages are delivered by individuals who have an interest in imbibing young people with the spirit of chasing after God's own heart. We're so glad to have you here and we believe you will be blessed by today's message. Good day, lovely family. I'd like to welcome you all to today's episode of After His Own Heart podcast. We thank God for life and the ability to bring us here together, even to listen to his word. First of all, I'd like to thank the After His Own Heart family for this opportunity to share the word of God with us. I'm also grateful for your presence here with me, listening to this message. God bless you so much. It's a pleasure to have you here. As we know, the the theme for the season is After His Own Heart. And I'm going to be speaking specifically on the person God uses. Amen. So as believers, there are so many things we strive for. We can strive to be the greatest seers that exist. We can be the greatest givers. In fact, we can be the richest people on the surface on this earth. And we can even learn so much that will be called the smartest people. And indeed, you know when you achieve so many great things, people tend to praise you. But then there is one particular thing that God himself praises a man for, and that is a man after his own heart. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for such a time as this. We thank you for your goodness and your mercies. We thank you for leading us here to experience you, even as you speak through me to make an impact in our lives. Father, we pray for grace and understanding to practice whatever we learn here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's turn our Bibles to Acts chapter 13, verse 22. Acts 13, 22. And I read, After removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. Hallelujah. Amen. So when we read the scripture, we get to find out that God himself testified about David, that David is a man after his heart. And then it doesn't just end there. God continues to say that David will do every single thing that he wants him to do. Hallelujah. So to be a man after God's heart, it doesn't mean you have to wait for the prophet to come and tell you what to do before you go and do it. But then you always have to seek for what is on his heart. And you have to crave to know what is on God's heart. And you do it. That's why it is you being after his heart. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's turn our Bibles also to Ezekiel 22 verse 30. Ezekiel 22 verse 30. I looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it. But I found no one. Hallelujah. May it not be our portion in Jesus' name that God will look for someone to stand in the gap. God will look for an intercessor. God will look for a vessel to use but then he'll find no one. Amen. We pray that God will find us. May God locate you in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So when we look at this scripture, we realize that God actually had something to do. He had a particular message he wanted to put forth. There was something that he wanted to accomplish. But then the scripture says that he looked for a man and he found none. So God always has his word available. He always has a message for his people. But what he needs is an available and committed vessel. Hallelujah. So very soon you are going to look at the type of person God uses. But first, I want you to understand that everything I'm going to say is summed up in this scripture. In Mark chapter 12, verse 30. In Numbers chapter 12. So in Numbers 12, Miriam and Aaron, they began to talk against Moses for marrying someone who isn't from their tribe. And in fact, when God heard about what when God heard what these people were saying, God told them that they should meet him at the tent of meeting. And guess what? Let me read it for you. Numbers 12 from verse 69. Numbers 12, 69. And I read. He said, Listen to my words. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. Verse 7. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Verse 9. The anger of the Lord bent against them, and he left them. Hallelujah. Amen. So from this scripture, we realize that God himself spoke of Moses as his friend. Even though Moses had gone to marry a Cushite, someone who is not from their tribe, God still spoke up of Moses as his friend. So in other words, God cared about his friend Moses before his law. Also, we'll look at something in Matthew chapter 12. Something similar happened there. So the disciples were harvesting grain on the Sabbath, which was actually unlawful to them. And then the Pharisees asked Jesus why he's allowing them to do that. And then he referred them, Jesus referred them to what David and his companions did when they were hungry. So actually David led his companions to eat their consecrated bread. And then nothing happened to them. Hallelujah. So Jesus allowed his disciples to actually harvest the grain on the Sabbath and eat it. Why? Because they were hungry. His people were hungry. So Jesus was simply permitting it out of a place of love. He wasn't concerned about the Lord that was there. So when you go further in that same Matthew chapter 12, the Pharisees also came to ask Jesus. They wanted to trick him. They wanted to set a trap for him. So they asked them that, is it lawful for someone to heal on the Sabbath? And guess Jesus' reply. He said that if their sheep falls into a pit on the Sabbath, would they not lift it out? Or they rather go and come back on a different day and come and lift the sheep out? No, they will lift the sheep out at that moment. So how much more valuable is a person than a sheep? So in other words, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. That's what Jesus said. So you see, Jesus spoke from a place of love. So Jesus' main focus was expressing the love of God to us. He was showing us God as a father. Hallelujah. So I want you to ask yourself, do you love God? Are you doing things out of a place of love for God? 
or you are doing it just because God said so. Amen. So there are so many people that are in the church. But then how many are usable by God? Let's have a look at the characteristics of a person God uses. And with this, we'll be looking into the life of David. Number one, David loved God. He loved God. So out of love, David wanted to actually build a place for the Ark of the Covenant to dwell. And so if you love God in this dispensation, it means that you always want to keep his presence with you. And you always want to do whatever you can, even to build his house. Hallelujah. So wherever you church, wherever you fellowship, you'd want to build a place out of love for God. Amen. So let's read a few scriptures and then we'll move on. Turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 7 verse 1. 2 Samuel chapter 7 verse 1. And I read. Let's also look at Psalm 26 verse 8. Psalm 26 verse 8. And I read. Lord, I love the house where you live. The place where your glory dwells. Amen. So you could see that in so many accounts with David, he actually loved the Lord so much. He loved the presence of God. He could do so many things, but he said, oh God, please don't take your presence from me. Hallelujah. Do you have the same story? Is your narrative the same? Amen. Let's develop love for God. Number two, he deeply revered God. David deeply revered God. We'll be reading 1 Samuel chapter 26, verse 23. 1 Samuel 26, 23. And I read, The Lord delivered you into my hands today, but I would not lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. Amen. Here we see that, remember that in the scriptures, Saul was actually chasing David for so long. And then, David actually had the opportunity to kill Saul on different occasions. But then because David revered God, because David feared God, David said that, no, I will not touch the anointed of the Lord. Hallelujah. No matter how much Saul had hatred for David, and no matter how much Saul had attempted to kill David, David still said, no, I will not touch Saul. Why? Because of my reverence for God. Amen. May it be our story in Jesus' name that we'll have so much reverence for God that will not retaliate to people that is not necessary to retaliate to. Amen. So reverence for God is also known as the fear of God. To revere God, it means to take his word to heart, to keep his word and to observe to do what it says. Hallelujah. So as believers, we also have to take into consideration prophecies, warnings, teachings as his word too because they all come to us as the word of God. Hallelujah. So if you are praying and then a word drops in your spirit, you have to revere that. You have to, you have to obey that word. If God says that, I want you to go and speak to this particular person, bring him to my kingdom, you actually have to revere the word and actually go and speak to the person. Hallelujah. So we do it out of the fear of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Number three, his trust was in God, no matter the circumstances surrounding him. David's trust was in God, no matter what happened around him. Hallelujah. When you read 1 Samuel chapter 30, after the Amalekites had raided David's camp, 
there, verse 6, it says that David was greatly distressed because his own men they were talking of stoning him. And each one of them was bitter in spirit because they had actually come to take their sons, daughters, and wives away. But then the scripture says that David found strength in the Lord as God. Other versions say that David encouraged himself in the Lord. Amen. As believers, we know that everyone goes through situations where we have to encourage ourselves in the Lord. We have to find strength in the Lord. We have to take solace in the strength of the Holy Spirit. This reminds me of what happened when I finished my national service. I'd actually applied to so many companies during my service that I even lost count. And I'd already lost some of the opportunities I had after some interviews. So I was, it was actually left with one more opportunity for me. I'd actually gone to interview with the company I did my service with. So I was just waiting for their call. So during that time, I went back home. I was still serving in church, you know, praying, sowing seats here and there. Hey, it wasn't an easy time at all. And by the time I had realized, those I had gone for the interview with, they were telling me that, Bacchus, they are done recruiting you. <laughs> it's too late for you, so please go and search for another company. So I was actually sad at that moment. But I was like, nah, God has to perform a miracle. He has a reason why he's doing this. Hallelujah. Some people say that he gets why. Amen. So two weeks later, I was in my room. I was doing some short courses just to improve upon myself in case, in fact, preparing for other opportunities. And then I saw a certain man calling me. And then that was the same number that called us to come for the interview and also to come and write an aptitude test. So when I saw the number, I just got up from my bed. I was like, nah, this has to be a special call. So when I picked the call, the man told me that I have been accepted or I've been employed by the company. So I should come for my uh, appointment letter just the next day. So I was like, wow, this is a miracle. So quickly I had to rush to where the company is, the region where the company is located. And then I went for my letter, I accepted the offer and all those things. And in fact, this was just by his grace. Because imagine, two weeks later, after recruiting everyone, they are not coming to recruit me. Hey, guys, it's just by grace. In fact, you have to clap for Jesus. He's so amazing. He's so amazing. Amen. So at that moment, if I had lost all hope and stopped being diligent, who knows? It's possible this opportunity would have passed me by. But then I still trusted God. And I was even improving upon myself. So no matter where you find yourself, Keep on improving yourself and trusting God for great opportunities to come your way. Hallelujah. God bless you. Number four, David made it a point to inquire of the Lord before taking decisions. David always made it a point to inquire of the Lord before taking decisions. Let's read 1 Samuel chapter 30 verse 7. 1 Samuel 30 verse 7. And I read, Then David said to Abiathar, the priest, the son of Ahimelech, Bring me the effort. Abiathar brought it to him. And David inquired of the Lord, Shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? Pursue them. He answered, You will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. Hallelujah. So you can see here that David had to inquire of the Lord before pursuing the enemies who had taken away their sons and daughters. So David just didn't go to attack the people. He had to ask God first. So always seeking God's counsel 
concerning everything we do is extremely necessary if you want to be a man after his heart. You don't just take decisions. Hallelujah. You have to ask God before you make a move. Sometimes as believers, we make a move. As, I mean, we ask God. So always seeking God's counsel concerning things is extremely necessary if you want to be a man after his heart. You don't just take decisions. Hallelujah. You have to ask God before you make a move. At times, we tend to forget, we tend to overlook asking God first. And then we go on to make our move, we go on to take our decisions. And then when things go haywire, when, when things begin to go southward, then we come to God and we begin to pray. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's not supposed to be so. I mean, how would you feel if you are a father or a mother and then your child goes to do certain things and later when the things are failing, the child comes to tell you because he needs your help. And then he's facing some consequences which could have been avoided if you had passed the decision by you first. Hallelujah. I'm sure you'll be sad. You'll be like, but I'm here. I'm wiser than you. I mean, I have more experience than you. So my child, come and ask me first before you go and take those decisions. And it's the same thing with God. He's all-knowing and he's all-powerful. You have to be careful to run things by him before. Hallelujah. And that's also why he puts good mentors in our lives. Amen. Because there are people we can talk to concerning certain things. You know, if you pray concerning our decisions, God can actually use these people in our lives to also talk to us, to help us make the right decisions. At times, these people will be there to encourage you. They'll be there to share with you some of your experience to help you make progress. Hallelujah. And it's all part of seeking God's counsel. Amen. It's also seeking godly counsel. Hallelujah. So number five, David was faithful with little. David was faithful with little. I believe we know that David was a shepherd before he became a king. So in the wilderness, he used to wrestle wild animals because he had to save the sheep no matter what. And little did he know that all this training was to lead God's people and even to defeat Goliath. Hallelujah. He had to fight lions, various wild animals. And God was just training him to come and lead his people. Amen. So wherever you find yourself, whether you're an apprentice somewhere, a student leader, a member of the church department, whether you're doing your national service, wherever you are, don't take it lightly. Wherever you are placed, whatever position you are in, don't take it for granted. Do it wholeheartedly. Ask unto the Lord. Amen. Number six, you know, in the scriptures, when you read the accounts of David, you find out that his brothers maltreated him and saw him as an outcast because he was the one left to do all the chores concerning the sheep. He'd be running around here and there. Whilst his brothers were, you know, at the front lines, at the battlefield, fighting to bring glory to their names. Hallelujah. So even when you read First Samuel chapter 17, David's dad sent him to uh, bring food to his elder brothers at the battlefield. And then when he, when he got there, he realized that his elder brother didn't even want him to speak up. Like, he didn't respect the guy. They saw him as some other person. He shouldn't even be on the battlefield with them. He should be making suggestions and certain statements. But then, David didn't keep these grudges against them. He forgave them and he even accepted them later on when they needed a place to be. When Saul was raging around Israel. Hallelujah. So this thing, this, this thing applies to us too. It also applies to us 
as believers. If you have a grudge with people, be it friend, family, whoever they are, it's not a Christ-like thing to keep a grudge. It's always best to forgive and it's also necessary if you want to be a man after God's heart. Hallelujah. So I pray that God will give us grace to be people who seek to do what is on his heart at all times. Hallelujah. It's very, very necessary to be a man after his heart. So with all that I've said, there's one thing I need you to know. And that is you need Jesus. You need Jesus. The scripture says that because Adam had sinned, we have all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. It also goes on to say in 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 5 that for there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. In Romans 10 9, the scriptures also says that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So no matter who you are listening in, if you haven't surrendered your life and your world to Christ, if you are not sure you make it to heaven, if you pass away, or if Christ appears now, I want you to join me in making this declaration with all understanding and with all your heart. Say this after me. Say, Dear God, I thank you for my life. I thank you for protecting me up until this moment. I know I am a sinner. I believe in Jesus Christ as your son and the savior of the world. I believe he died for my sin so that I can be without sin. I believe he rose up from the dead and overcame death for my sake so that I too can be with you when you appear. I surrender my will to you. I surrender my life to you. I am yours. Be my father as I am your child. Help me lead others to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you just pray this prayer and you are not in church, I advise that you find a Holy Spirit and Bible-believing church. You can also contact us on Instagram at After His Own Heart Podcast and we would gladly attend to you. Amen. I'd like you to be part of our family, even as we move on in this life, as we strive on to be people after his heart. Hallelujah. Let's share a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this message to us today. We pray that your will be done in our lives as we strive to be people after your heart. Father, use us to fulfill your purposes for us. Pray for those who accepted you today. Help them in every aspect of their lives and give them the excellence in every endeavor. I thank you for the grace to speak to us all. I pray that you give us grace to do more for you in your kingdom. I thank you and I bless your holy name, my Father and my God. In Jesus' name, Amen. God bless you so much for listening. I believe we will meet again. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed by today's message. For more spirit-filled messages, please subscribe to our podcast and share with family and friends. You can follow After His Own Heart on Instagram at After His Own Heart Podcast underscore for all our latest updates and testimonies of what God is doing in the lives of people all over the world. 
If you'd like to share your testimony through us, you can DM us on Instagram. Thank you once again for listening. Catch us again next week and stay blessed.